All right. Well, welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and sometimes a story from you. If you send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com. Would ever send one. Yes. Please do that. (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right. Well, let's go. You ready for some fun stuff? Yes, very much. All right. Oh, sorry. Okay, so this is um, from CBS 47, Fox 30. Um, Okay. This is by Sarah Thompson. And old reliable Florida man. Love it. Florida man arrested after pouring gasoline inside home after dispute with roommates. Oh, God. And he looks a little bit like Frank from Shameless. Oh, no. (laughs) So, a Florida man is facing a felony charge after a dispute with his roommates took a disturbing turn. According to an arrest report from the St. Johns County Sheriff's Office, Robert Barkley Jr., 58, was fighting with another man who lived in his home this past Sunday night, so he called deputies. Barkley asked deputies to force that man to leave his home, but deputies told him he would be required to evict him. Yeah. In in the arrest report... (laughs) Sick em, boys! (laughs) No. (laughs) We actually can't. (laughs) This is America, not Gotham City? (laughs) In the arrest report, deputies describe Barkley as being extremely intoxicated... Not long after that, oh no! deputies were called to the home again. This time, the victim claimed Barkley was pouring gasoline inside the home. According to the report, <gasps> a woman, who also lives in the home, stated Barkley said he was going to burn the house down with them in it. However, oh my god! <laughs> however, the report says Barkley told deputies he only sprayed a mixture of water and gasoline to make the two leave his home. He also claims he um, never threatened either of them. <laughs> that's still not evicting them. Yeah. He also claims he never threatened either of them and says they weren't even inside the home at the time. In, okay. <laughs> in the report. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> pouring gasoline everywhere isn't a threat. <laughs> no, not at all. Ugh. In the report, both victims say they were inside the home and that the smell of gasoline was so strong they were forced to open a window. Yuck. When deputies arrived, Barkley was smoking a cigarette. Deputies say they also (gasps) found a lighter in his pocket. He later told deputies... Yeah, he lit a cigarette. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean... (laughs) But also, you could ash on the gas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Oh, no. He later told deputies he did not intend to threaten the victims, but wanted to show that he was not afraid to die. (laughs) He's now charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without the intent to kill. Oh my god. What (laughs) a dumbass. Right? And I'm holding it for a friend. It's the same story. Yeah. Oh god. Wow. That guy sounds like a real winner. Yep. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure this one is from Florida's. Yep. So, 
yeah, these are all from Florida. I forgot about that. This is a Florida man episode. Florida woman, too. So, whoop, whoop. <laughs> Florida. Just keep being you, Florida. Yeah. Florida woman threatened a man over his sausage. <laughs> and this over is. Over his what? His sausage. Sausage? Mm hmm. This, uh, okay. This is by the Okla Post. Uh, we don't have just one Arthur author, so that's just who it is. Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. A Florida woman remains behind bars after she was arrested and charged with aggravated battery. And she does not look sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) I love it. A deputy responded to Tall Pines Mobile Home Park and uh, following the reports of a disturbance. When the deputy arrived, the victim stated that he was standing at the stove cooking sausage and had asked the defendant, identified as Yvonne Wilkerson, 30, who was on the couch. Sure. If she of course, her name was Yvonne. Yeah. If she wanted any, since he was already cooking. The victim said... Want some of my sausage? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Yvonne! <laughs> you want some sausage? <laughs> the victim said that Wilkerson did not answer, so he cooked it anyway. According to the arrest affidavit, while the victim was cooking Wilkerson's wilkerson's sausage she walked up behind him and pressed a knife to his genitals the victim stated, what the fuck yeah the victim stated oh my god this it's just food <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, oh my god it's just sausage <laughs> the victim stated that he had to reposition himself due to the pressure she had applied with the knife <laughs> well yeah she then stated I'm going to put this up your ass. Oh, no. <laughs> the victim said. Again, I don't feel like the reaction fits <laughs> the situation. I don't think so either. At all. <laughs> the victim said he had this to. poor man. <laughs> the victim said he had to beg her to stop due to the amount of pressure she was applying to his groin area. Oh, God! According to reports, as Wilkerson lowered the knife, she pointed her finger in the victim's face and stated, you sorry son of a bitch. She then returned to the couch. So, but... (laughs) The victim then grabbed... Are they roommates? Or... I don't know. Is this just some random man cooking sausage in her kitchen? Are they married? What? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, The victim then grabbed his sausage, walked outside, and called 911. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) Then she took the food? He took the food. He took it outside. Oh, he took the food. Oh, he took it outside and called the cops. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely go outside. Yeah. (laughs) Wilkerson. For sure. Wilkerson was in um, possession of the I knife. To, I need to report a crime. <laughs> <laughs> the victim. I then was just making sausage, and then she stuck a, stuck a knife to my junk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wilkerson was in possession of the knife, but denied any wrongdoing. She was apparently aggravated because the victim bothered her while she was on the couch. Oh my God! What? <laughs> So yeah. that means you should threaten him with cutting off his genitals and shoving a knife up his ass? Yeah. 
Again, I don't feel like it's proportionate. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so either. Oh, no. <laughs> Wilkerson. Moved out. Yeah. Wilkerson did not get to eat her sausage. <laughs> he was making- she doesn't deserve any sausage. No. Friends don't give sausage to friends who've threatened each other with knives. <laughs> no. <laughs> so. Oh, goodness. So this final article is probably my favorite one. The Walmart Rona shopper. Oh, no. Old dude shoves his way past employee. Let me in, damn it. <gasps> this is on TMZ.com. No author. I'm sorry? Mm-hmm. That's not okay ever. Nope. <laughs> Florida man is back with a vengeance. This time, he's fighting his way into a Walmart, which has a mandatory face mask policy. But Florida man needs his discount. Rona be damned. <laughs> oh my god. This guy can go fuck himself. Right? And he... Leave Walmart employees alone. Right? This was posted um, on the 21st, so it's really recent. Um, So the wild scene went down Saturday in Orlando, and it starts off right in the thick of the action. An elderly man tries storming his way into a Walmart without a face covering, but gets stopped by an employee at the front door. That wasn't going to stop Gramps here, though. (laughs) He immediately got physical and started pushing his way through, even shoving the masked employee out of his way. To some success at first. The guy did get by what him. A goddamn mask. Yeah, All you right? you is put something... Just grab a t-shirt for fuck's sake and put it over your face. Exactly. Stop it. <laughs> the guy did get by him. Oh my god. After taking a tumble during the struggle. And then started oh, heading for some aisles. Right? Um, but this em- Walmart employee of the year question mark caught up to him and held his ground. Give him a raise. Good. <laughs> yes. Give him all the raises and a promotion. Mm-hmm. On the second go, he had a backup with him. Just a regular Joe, it seems, who chimed in and told the guy to get the hell out. He also noted the dude was getting his germs all over the place by making such a big fuss. Meanwhile, almost everyone else had coverage. Mm-hmm. Um... It seems the two-man press was enough for the old-timer to call it quits and scram, empty-handed at that. Guess he'll have to wait to get his weekly batch of $5 DVDs. Too bad. Oh, my God. And there's a video of this. Um, Anyway, the whole time you can hear the cameraman laughing it up, and while we'll admit it's pretty funny watching this absurdity unfold, it's also pretty jarring and surreal. People Mm -hmm. just do not want to play by the rules, even if the public's health is at stake. Nope. They don't care about the public's health. They don't care about anybody but themselves. No. And their comfort. Yep. So, that was our Florida. (laughs) Our dive back Uh. into Florida. (laughs) Because people are fucking crazy. Josh is pretty convinced that everything's about to get really, really bad again. Yeah. It's starting to. Mm-hmm. There's been all kinds of spikes. Mm-hmm. Because people won't wear their masks. Or won't wear them correctly. And wash, 
their hands or wear them on their chins or with their noses over top of them. Or put them over their eyes. FYI. Yeah, which... (laughs) What? Yeah. Who did that? There was a picture of this guy in an airplane. Everyone else around him is wearing a mask. He has his mask on. It's over his eyes. He's got a Make America Great Again hat on. Oh, of course he does. (laughs) Dumbass. Yeah. It was bad. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, just FYI, um, we're recording this on June the 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this will come out much later than that. But so if things have already gotten worse, that's why we sound like we don't know what's going on. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> we live under a All rock. Right. <laughs> like- yes. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we'll get on to my segment. Okay. All right. We're back. Uh, let's throw in some Kentucky pride. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. <laughs> okay. So we're going to talk about a really cool dude. Okay. Genuinely a really cool dude. But okay. also <laughs> we're going to talk about um, how everyone fucked it up. So. Oh. Um, <laughs> As they do. So this is a mental floss. (laughs) Yes, this is a mental floss article. Um, I'm not going to read the title because I just, I I like diving in. And, um, but it was written by Lucas Riley and it came out, um, he published this July of 2018. So this is about my man Floyd. Okay. All right. Floyd Collins traipsed over damp leaves and thawing snow and stepped into the shadow of a cave. It was an unusually warm Kentucky winter morning, January 30th, 1925, and a thick curtain of icicles hung from the lip of the cave like the pipes of a church organ. The cave's mouth, a bow-shaped rock overhanging overhang that resembled a band shell, dripped with water. Collins paid it no attention. It was a normal day at the office. For weeks, the 37-year-old cave explorer had spent up to 12 hours every day clearing gravel, sandstone, and limestone from the narrow passageway winding below his feet. And today was no different. Mm -hmm. Collins removed his coat and hung it up over a nearby boulder. He fiddled with his kerosene lamp and slung a rope over his shoulder, Then he dropped into a manhole-sized cavity in the ground. When Floyd Collins emerged, he'd be one of the most famous people in the world. Oh, wow. (gasps) So this all happened in Cave City. Oh, Cave City. By the way, which um, if you're in a Western Kentucky dweller, you know where that is. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't, it's halfway, but it's, well, not halfway. It's kind of... Kind of midway between E Town and Bowling Green. Yeah. On sixty on I sixty five. Um, it's where Mammoth Cave is. <laughs> if anyone <laughs> knows what that is, because Western Kentucky is on a system of caves. Yeah. In case anyone didn't realize that. The ground is really unstable. We have a lot of sinkholes. Um and people keep building on it anyway, so whatever. <laughs> um mm. All right, so let's let's get into this. Are you ready? Uh huh. Into this cave trip. Okay. Hour zero. (laughs) 
Collins dropped to his hands and knees and charged through muddy poles, muddy pools of snow melt that numbed his fingers and soaked his trousers. Behind him, the last beams of sunlight gasps. At five yards deep, he encountered a four-foot drop and gently lowered himself down. He extended his kerosene lamp. The walls quivered orange. Ahead, the cave clamped into a narrow shaft of jagged, loose rocks. Collins dropped to his belly and army crawled under them. At fifty feet, he encountered the cave's first squeeze, but Collins was unfazed. With proper technique, a man his size could squirm through a crack with less than eight inches of clearance. He pressed his arms against his sides, exhaled deeply to flatten his chest cavity, rocked his hips and abdominals, and propelled his body forward with his toes. Fuck that noise. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think I've Josh heard about this. Done, yes. Josh has done the uh, the Mammoth Cave one where you have to like have a harness and squeeze through tiny holes and stuff and uh-huh. he was like yeah i'll never do that again i don't know why i did it to begin with <laughs> he said like he started sweating before the very first one and oh was like why am i why are we doing this <laughs> <laughs> okay on the other side the cave widened collins crawled like a toddler until the earth pinched closed again he wiggled through more body body hugging squeezes and emerged at a sloping pit barely wide enough to accommodate his body. The pit dropped ten feet and curled horizontally into a small cubby hole that terminated at a tight crack. His brother Homer would later describe it as a chimney no bigger around than your own body. (laughs) Hang on, I should read this differently. It's a chimney no bigger than your own body, (laughs) lined with projecting rocks that dig into your flesh and tear your clothing. (laughs) Collins had spent the previous days removing rocks from here, and the crack at the bot and the crack at the bottom finally looked pos- passable. Sorry, Blech. I'm getting distracted by the stupid ads that are over here. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> he eased down feet first and carefully wrung his body through the enclosure. Rocks compressed his torso. Above, loose stones dangled millimeters from his neck. The crack dumped Collins on a ledge. He brought his kerosene lamp forward and revealed a large room that do- that dropped approximately 60 feet. Hungry to explore, he lassoed a rope around a boulder and repelled into the depths. Then, his lantern began to die. The explorer decided to turn back. Collins pulled himself back. Doesn't that suck? Yeah. You get all the way in there and then you're, you're out of gas. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Collins pulled himself back to the ledge and carefully inched toward the the horizontal crack. Remember, he's been doing this for, like, the past couple of weeks. He's been clearing rocks and stuff and going through this whole rigmarole to get to this cave. Yeah. He laid down, flipped on his back, and pushed the lantern in front of him. He squeezed his arms against his sides, exhaled, and snaked forward into the squeeze. And suddenly, the cave plunged to black. Oh, no. Collins had knocked his lantern over. And the darkness was unfathomable. If no one has been in a cave and then they turn the lights off, you do not know the meaning of darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Sight is so meaningless in these conditions that fish, that the fish living in the underground rivers of Kentucky's caves have no eyes. And they're freaky looking. Like- they're so weird. <laughs> 
Collins, however, did not panic. He'd been caught in the dark before. He wormed his way t- he wormed toward the bottom of the ten foot pit and dug his foot against what he thought was the cave wall. He lunged forward. Behind him, a rock crumbled, and his ankle suddenly throbbed. Oh no! Collins in- instinctively patted his f- paddled his feet, bucking the faller- bucking the fallen rock with his right foot. Torrents of gravel tumbled around his legs and waist. The guilty stone wedged itself deeper into the crevice near his foot. Collins heaved forward. He heaved backward. He did not move. Jesus Christ. This the is the worst story tried- you have ever told me. <laughs> what? <laughs> and we've had the teeth thing. <laughs> really? Including the teeth? Yeah. I mean, this is an occupational hazard, though. He's a caver. I, I um, know. I don't like it. It's, it's still terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was really good at his job, and this is really sad. So, um, if he'd been born a few years later and had some, like, actual technology, <laughs> it would probably have been a lot easier on the poor guy. So, um, but this is what he used to do. I mean, he's been stuck before. He's been in the in the dark before. And, like, he would go into a cave and just, like, pop up in somebody else's yard. It was just, like, a part of his life. Yeah. The explorer tried to breathe. He was effectively blind. His head sat directly below the ten-foot pit, and the cave hugged the rest of his body like a straitjacket. His left arm was pinned under his torso, his right by the rock ceiling above. He could not reach behind or ahead, nor could he roll over. Whenever he struggled, the rocks tumbled into the abyss behind him or piled onto his feet. Under him, razor-like shards dug into his skin. And the other thing is that if it had been a few, you know, if he'd been born a little while later he would have had like a walkie-talkie or something yeah to communicate with people and call for help but it was the 20s so um with his body wrapped in this stony cocoon collins clawed at the cave walls blood seeped from his fingernails and he began to sweat and then shiver until exhaustion swept swept him to sleep i don't like any he of began- this i know it's terrible but so that we've got to paint a picture of what this poor guy is going through so that you can be properly angry at everyone else so um he he began to okay he began a tormenting routine sleep wake scream sleep wake scream sleep wake scream because that's the only way anyone's going to find him is if he screams Minutes melted into hours. His voice disappeared. His arms tingled numb. Pain radiated up his ankle. For the next 25 hours, Floyd Collins received only one visitor from the world above. Trickling beads of snow melt that slowly and methodically dripped onto his face. Drop by drop oh my God. by drop. Yeah, that fucking sucks. All right. Floyd Collins might have been a farmer, but he knew from an early age that the riches of Kentucky's land lay not in the soil, but in the tunnels below it. His family's log cabin sat four miles from Mammoth Cave, an international tourist attraction that contained a a palatial system of caverns. Uh, We should, I don't know why that's in uh, past tense, because it still contains (laughs) a palatial system of caverns bigger than most mansions. True that. Mm Mm-hmm. Dozens of smaller private caves dotted the landscape. Growing up, Collins dreamed of discovering his own. So I'm going to skip a little bit. Okay. 
um, because this is really, really long, and we don't particularly need his entire life story. Um, but the point is that he discovered he discovered an amazing cave called Crystal Cave, um, and there was a lot of different people who were um, who really respected him as a caver, and I mean he was an expert; he was really good. Mm-hmm. And there were also people that would sw- try and swindle him, but Floyd just doesn't take no shit, and it, he's awesome. Yeah, so, he was trying to find different caves to profit from, and. Um, save his family um from some money troubles Mm -hmm. so um let's see he wanted to find a cave that was closer to town and all of that so that's what led him to this place um so he wanted something more marketable Mm -hmm. all right so hour 25 on saturday afternoon floyd collins heard a voice call his name come to me he replied Waking up from his stupor, I'm hung up! Few people had worried about Collins when he didn't return home Friday night. Earlier that same week, he had spent nearly 30 hours in the cave, so nobody was looking for him. Yeah. You see, that's what blows. Because he does this. Like, he just, he disappears, and then he'll pop up a couple days later and be like, hey, can I stay in your barn? And they're like, sure, Floyd. Huh. Um. He had been bunking at three different homes, and when he didn't return, his host for that night simply assumed he was sleeping somewhere else. Because he couldn't text anybody. Yeah. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to be at your house tonight. Again, not responsible. (laughs) Tell people where you're going to be. Yeah. It wasn't until late the next morning that, that locals realized he might be trapped. And then everyone said, oh, shit. So the first person to brave the cavern, which was soon given the name Sand Cave... Was a seventeen was a seventeen year old Jewel Estes, lithe but inexperienced underground. Estes never reached Collins. He froze at the last squeeze, but he got close enough to call his name, and Estes scurried to the surface when the trapped man yelped a response. So they know where he is now. Yeah. Um, one by one, men attempted to reach Collins. Each emerged soaked in mud, solemnly wearing, swearing to never enter the godforsaken hole again. <laughs> and I don't blame them. Um, all failed to reach the trapped man. I wouldn't go back in there for a cold thousand, bad as I need money, stuttered one rescuer, Ellis Jones. <laughs> Ugh, fuck this picture. Nope. Nope. Nope, nope. Oh, that's terrible. That's not how I pictured it at all. Oh, that's so much worse than I thought it was. Yeah, this is really Yuck. bad. Yeah, this is really upsetting. Okay, so, um... <laughs> okay. So, most Kentucky most Kentucky caves are dissolved out of solid limestone and are perfectly safe, whether small or large. By contrast, Sand Cave is a pile of sandstone and limestone breakdown block <laughs> is a pile of sandstone and limestone breakdown blocks with mud fill holding the matrix together. So this was not a safe cave. Yeah. Either. Um this is also something where, you know, so it's it's one of those situations where he probably shouldn't have been doing this, but he'd been so good at it that he thought, "Well, eh, I can do whatever I need to, you know?" Yeah. So um, his brother tried to come down and get him. Uh, 
so let's see. At 4 p.m., Collins's 22-year-old brother, Homer, arrived from Louisville and saw dozens of men bickering outside the cave. Because that's productive. Yeah. No one's called the authorities. No <laughs> no one's called search and rescue. Homer ignored them, crept into the cave, still wearing his city clothes, and was greeted by the smell of cigarettes and alcohol that had been brought inside because everyone's drinking and smoking while trying to get to Floyd. Of course they are. Why not get shit-faced? Um, he stalled at the ten-foot pit above his brother's head. He removed his pants and shirt and shoes and slithered down in his underwear. <sighs> oh, goodness. A problem immediately confronted Homer that frustrated every subsequent rescuer. If a person came into the chute head first, he was forced to work upside down and was compelled upon leaving to push himself feet first up the sharp slant and then backpedal 20 feet more before he could turn around. If he dropped in feet first, as Homer had just done, he could not bring the upper part of his body down to Floyd's level without contorting himself into an almost impossible positions. <sighs> and Collins blocked his own rescue. Pinched from the chest down, his hands and feet were out of view. So he's stuck. Yeah, like, he can't... Nobody can get to him from either side is the problem. God... Yeah. Homer called up to have some food brought into the cave and fed his brother by hand, pouring a pint of coffee down his throat and bringing nine sausage sandwiches to his lips. Oh. Immediately, he began to try trying to remove the loose rocks cramp, clamped around Collins's body, but new rocks tumbled to take their place because sandstone is not limestone. And, remember, it was warm. So... That means things are looser, which oh. is not cool. So, um, whew, everyone failed. Homer emerged hours later, shivering violently. He, as he recuperated near the cave's mouth, dozens more men attempted to navigate it, and everyone failed. Oh, man. I'm trying to get to the funny bit. <laughs> this is really long. Okay. <laughs> So, okay, here we go. So, hour 48. One genius suggested that Collins try to untie his shoes. Thanks. He can't reach his feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it must be his shoes that are stuck. Another suggested they send a contortionist down with a mallet and chisel. I mean, fair. Mm -hmm. But, um, no. Um... <laughs> If you chisel at the rock, it's going to collapse more. Mm -hmm. uh, they talked about TNT and argued <laughs> over cave-ins. So someone's actually suggesting they blow it up. Which is not going to be helpful. Oh, my God. They talked about gas torches, argued over gas poisoning, talked about amputation, and argued over blood loss. Approximately a hundred men stood outside Sand Cave, drinking, squabbling, and failing to turn words into actions. Floyd Collins couldn't understand why. Why does everybody just stay up there and talk, he reportedly complained. Because nothing makes it better than when a hundred people get shit-faced and just float ideas. Yeah. Right? Collins seemed unaware that he was the victim of his own talent, trapped just 60 feet below the surface at the end of a hundred and... If they had just... If they had just called somebody with a digger, yeah. they could have dug him out. 
Oh my goodness. Just 60 feet below the surface at the end of a 140-foot corkscrewing tunnel, Sand Cave was, to him, an easy journey. But every man who attempted to needle through the cavern emerged pale from exhaustion and fear. It disappointed Homer deeply. After his night shift underground, he had asked some teenage boys to deliver food and drinks to his brother, but the teenage ego was no match for Sand Cave. The food and blankets were shamefully stuffed into cracks in the cavern walls, and they left it there. Because they were too scared. Oh, my God. Uh, Grown men were just as unreliable. Countless self-professed heroes descended into the cave with food and supplies and returned with positive progress reports. Floyd is in good spirits. He's wrapped in his new blanket. He devoured everything he brought. No. All of them lied. With the exception of Homer, no one reached Collins on February 1st. Homer would spend Sunday morning removing rocks from Sand Cave. The following morning, as he dried off near a low-lying campfire, a baby-faced reporter from the Louisville Courier-Journal, which is still a journal, approached him. I hear you are the brother of the fellow who is trapped in the cave, the reporter said. Homer looked at the kid up and down, glared at his fancy khaki suit, and answered his question with snorts, harumphs, and other noncommittal grunts. <laughs> Finally, he gestured to Sand Cave. You want more information? The ho- There's the hole right over there, Homer said. You can go down and find out for yourself. <laughs> I like Homer. Yeah, I do too. Homer underestimated the kid. His name was William B. Miller, but he went by Skeets. A nod to his wiry, mosquito-like physique. And as a 21-year-old reporter... He earned only $25 a week and rarely received a byline for his work. So this is the anything for a story guy. Yeah. Frankly, he was more interested in singing baritone than in doing his usual chore of writing police briefs. (laughs) All right. So this is who we got. So when the editors of the Courier-Journal mentioned that a man was imprisoned in a cave 80 miles south of Louisville, Miller jumped at the opportunity to tell the story. And what? And he wanted that story. So when Homer challenged him, Miller removed his suit, draped himself in coveralls, and grabbed a flashlight. Except that you can't get through it in coveralls. No. Because Homer can only do it in his undies. Mm-hmm. So, weighing just 117 pounds, Miller slowly slinked past the squeezes. His muscles trembled and his teeth chattered. He imagined being suffocated under a crush of rocks. Ugh! He felt water pooling below him. People above had lit campfires near the lip of the cave, causing more snowmelt to pour in. Of course. At the last tight spot, his heart thundering like a drum, Miller called for Collins and heard somebody groan, Uh-huh. Miller closed his eyes, inhaled, and slid happily... Oh, God! Slid haplessly down the ten-foot pit. He landed awkwardly on Collins's head, who grumbled his annoyance. Mm-hmm. The newsman apologetically scurried back up the pit, repositioned, and carefully slid down a second time. He asked the trapped man questions, but Collins was incoherent because no one has fed him. Yeah. So Miller took mental notes and skedaddled. It took him a half an hour to reach the surface. If they could just get him out of the gravel. Oh, man. The physical and psychological toil of climbing out of Sand Cave would exhaust Miller, but it would also benefit his reporting. He immediately grasped how talented and fearless a caver Collins was and just how difficult it would be to rescue him. And then Colin, and then Homer decided that this guy might actually be useful. Hi. So, all right. So we've got more of this and more of that. Now we've got firefighters here that are going to try 
Um, then there, somebody decides that they're going to... Uh, there, there, there's a guy who decides that he's an expert, and he says, hey, uh, we can pull your foot off. No, no, and, no. no. Uh, and, and Floyd was like, yeah, pull my foot off. Get me the fuck out of here. And, um, and once they gave him food and water, he was like, no, don't fucking pull my foot off. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, that would be really, really bad. So, um, yeah, they didn't, they didn't pull his foot off. Um, oh. Homer made that not happen. Thank God. Good. Um, oh my goodness gracious. Um, so then the team left and evaluated some more. <sighs> now let's see here. Okay, so now there's a guy uh, named Johnny Gerald. He, f- <laughs> oh goodness, he uh, was the high school basketball coach. Um, sure. <laughs> oh, this was Johnny's. Oh, this was Floyd's friend. This was his friend from uh, who he had done caving with. As they'd been cavers as kids together. So this guy is like an actual expert. So he mm-hmm. comes over and he's like, "Hey, y- you guys are the fucking worst." So the scene, so he comes to a drunken crowd of now 200 people. So all of this is shifting the ground below. They've got campfires. They're heating things up. They're making everything fucking worse. And they're talking about blowing things up and pulling off people's feet. It's great. Um, so the scene, a drunken crowd of now 200 people, nearly all of whom had no caving experience, appalled him. He was especially disgusted with Lieutenant Burden and his plan to reel in his fish, his friend like a fish. That was the guy who was going to pull his foot off. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Gerald knew more about cave rescues than most people. In fact, that previous summer, he had helped untangle Collins from a snag in Crystal Cave. So he knew the, he knew the area. Yeah. So when the rope crew left, all eyes fell on him. Gerald slipped into Sand Cave and was disgusted to find bottles and clothes and, in the words of the Collins family patriarch, Lee, enough sandwiches to feed the whole crowd. Oh. Just shoved away and pretended like they gave it to him. When Gerald reached earshot of the trapped man collins's voice leapt with joy let him down here he hollered he hollered he'll get me out gerald was a stocky man he weaseled by the the squeezes but could not fit down the 10-foot pit for three hours he pried rocks away around midnight he managed to slink down to his friend and began removing the gravel around collins's body gerald would would spend the next six hours trying to enlarge the trap Collins's torso appeared, then his hips, then his upper thigh. For the first time, Collins could wriggle his right leg, though it pained him to try. The same was true of his arms and the hands. And while Gerald was still too big to reach beyond Collins' knees, he succeeded in removing a half ton of rock. So high five, Jimmy. You're the fucking hero. Before Gerald left, Collins reportedly told him not to let anyone come down there but him. (laughs) (laughs) And Gerald vowed to keep his word. He was convinced that outsiders with no caving experience, sincere as their intentions might be, were going to cause a cave-in. So when a team of professional stonecutters who had been standing in the chill for five hours waiting to volunteer approached Gerald with a plan to survey the passageway and chisel the limestone above Floyd's head, Gerald pointed to the road and told them to leave. 
because they have no idea what they're doing. Good. Um, so Jimmy stays for a long time. Um, eventually the FBI gets involved and fucks it up. Um, they start digging and digging and digging, and then somebody pisses somebody off and they hold a three day inquiry. Um, and this whole time Jimmy's like, can you just fucking get my friend out? Yeah. Um, this goes on for a really long time, you guys, so I'm not going to do this whole article because we're really running out of time here. And I don't want to split it up because it's really fucking depressing. So, um, Skeets, the reporter, he comes back in and he's trying to take it. He's trying to take credit for moving things and helping Floyd. And he's done nothing, of course, um, except make it to him and talk to him and leave. Um, what's really, really sad is that eventually he dies while everyone argues and while the entire situation is completely mismanaged when they were just six feet from him. They stopped and held a whole inquiry. They also had a fair, which um, warmed everything up and (laughs) made things a lot worse because everyone had... We haven't changed. We haven't changed. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Nothing has changed. Um, Everyone's showing up trying to profit from it and the movement is starting to... is shifting the stone and it's just slowing everything down. Um, so, just so everyone knows, if you want the entire story, um, here, I'll go ahead and read the last little bit here, and then we'll be done. So, um, if you want the entire story, there's an excellent episode of The Dollop on it. Um, Mm -hmm. it's fantastic, and they go into all the details of it, and they're very, very funny when it comes to, you know, talking about all the mismanagement and all the crazy people. But the bottom line of this story is that, um, white dudes think they know everything, (laughs) (laughs) yeah and they don't so um literally nobody with cave experience was able to help him and they kept shitting on jimmy because he didn't have some kind of title as a police officer or an fbi agent so um anyway okay so near the welcoming the sign welcoming visitors to mammoth cave national park is a short and pleasant wooden boardwalk that gently curves under a canopy of oak trees the, words, the woods are quiet and the path is often empty. White-tailed deer nibble at plants feet away. An overlook gazes upon a sinkhole ringed by conspicuous, a conspicuous lipped, lip of crescent-shaped rock. Moss and lichen dangle from the ledges. Below the looms, a dark chamber of sand cave. Sand cave is still separate, Ranger Wheat says. It has never been connected to the rest of Mammoth Cave. In 1977, Roger Bruckner went into Sand Cave. It was the scariest cave I have ever been in, he said. Mm-hmm. His crew found some bottles and cans, pieces of wood shoring, and a steel poker, fragments of an army blanket, and a pair of electric wires. A few years later, the cave entrance was permanently sealed and a steel with a steel gate and bolted and welded shut. Good. Yeah. Meanwhile... Hundreds of professional cavers continue to explore the 400-plus-mile mammoth system. To this day, they still stumble upon evidence of Floyd Collins' famous early cave explorations, which is so cool. Um, Mm -hmm. They sometimes find finding letters FC scratched into rocks. Collins was doing all of this decades before us with a rope and some bean cans, Wheat says. And here we are with all of our fancy gear today, just rediscovering what this guy was doing with very primitive gear. Which is insane. That's so cool. That's how good he was. 
Yeah. So far, so far, these explorers have discovered tunnels wriggling below Sand Cave, but have failed to find a passage connecting it. They probably never will. Geologically, it's likely that Sand Cave is connected to the rest of the Mammoth Cave system, but the truth is, after what happened here in 1925, nobody is determined to search for the missing link. Once mm-hmm. upon a time, there lived a man fearless and talented enough to find it, and that man, sadly, is gone. I know it wasn't super funny, but I'm proud of this dude. I'm proud that he's from our area of Kentucky, and I find it yeah. it's a really cool it's a really good story. It's just really long, and I mm-hmm. underestimated its length. So I apologize for that. But <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it was a little bit of a longer episode, but it was also beautifully written. I kind of got lost in the story. So um, yeah. Anyway, though, um, definitely check out the dollop episode on it and read up on Floyd because he's a badass. So um, that was really cool, but it was so sad it was too long yeah it was so sad yeah they it's really upsetting because he could have made it if everybody had stopped fucking arguing that's the really sad part but anyway well i hope you guys have a great weekend (laughs) i hope you're staying safe don't go in any caves now's not the time um and remember (laughs) you are not a monster bye guys bye guys thank you for listening to talk crooked Music is by Gisla Niebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time.